Merciful God, we turn to you to open our hearts and minds. Let us hear your word and be transformed in our understanding, in our love, and in our desire for you. Make us a people full of mercy, turning always to you to be made new. By the power of your Holy Spirit, open our eyes that we may see, open our ears that we may hear, that as are read and your word proclaimed, may we hear what it is you say to us this day. And let God's people say, Amen. Our first reading for the day comes from the prophet Isaiah chapter 43, verses 16 through 21. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings out chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down, they cannot rise, they are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Do not remember the former things, or consider the things of old. I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth, do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild animals will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches. For I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself, so that they might declare my praise. Our second reading comes from the Gospel according to John, chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. There they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who was about to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for three hundred denarii and the money given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He kept the common purse and used to steal what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today's message is the last in our Lenten series. And we have been talking about the different ways that we think about Lent, and one of the big things that has come up throughout Lent is that we are preparing ourselves to remember Christ's death on the cross and to remember his resurrection, and in that we remember our own mortality. Today's message reminds us We have to celebrate the now. We see that when Jesus is dining with Lazarus and Mary and Martha, that he's anointed with a perfume. And it's not a cheap one. It's hard sometimes when we hear biblical terminology for money, because it's hard to think about what that would be. It's roughly a year's wages. Now, I don't know that I have taken a jar of anything worth a year's wages and poured it out in one sitting and said, well, that was a good thing to do. 
And honestly, it's easy to understand what Judas is saying. He goes, she just poured a year's wages on you. Shouldn't we have sold that? If it was going to be used, shouldn't we have sold it and given it to the poor? We could have helped somebody. And understanding the reply that Jesus gives requires us to take a step back and to think about everything going on in this situation. Because Jesus says, look, you're always going to have the poor. You're not always going to have me. She's preparing me for my burial. Isn't that a good thing? thing is, nobody there understood that he was near his death. They were likely thinking about planning ahead for today, tomorrow, planning ahead for what they'd do in the coming weeks, what they'd do in the coming years, what they would do after the revolution. Because everything was going to change, and Jesus was going to be right there with them to make sure that he saw it through, and they would follow him wherever he went. And they're so busy thinking about the future that they don't stop to celebrate the now. They don't stop and think, well, what do we have to be happy about today? On the other hand, we have Mary and we have Martha celebrating a miracle. Jesus has brought their family back. Brother was. They had grieved, they had mourned, they had accepted the loss for what it was, and then he was returned to them. Jesus gave them a gift that they could never repay. He did something for them that they probably still couldn't quite understand. But Mary decides to do something for Jesus. To say, look, I appreciate all you've done, and I don't know when I'm going to see you again. And maybe with everything that had been going on in her life, she wasn't even thinking when, but she was thinking if. Will I ever see him again? What if this is the last time that he is ever in my presence? What if this is the last time I can ever honor him? And so she does. She does something that might stick to some of the people around her, but she had lost an important part of her life and it had been given back to her. And at that same time, she was faced with the fact that her brother would pass again. She would pass. Her sister would pass. That Jesus and all of his disciples would pass away at some point. And I'm sure that reality was all too clear to her. And so she celebrates. The interesting thing is she doesn't celebrate by using lavish gifts on herself. She doesn't spoil herself and go, well, if time is short, then I need to do everything I can for me. 
She says, well, I want the people around me to know that they matter. I can't imagine Judas was alone in thinking, what is going on here? The problem is that the disciples are always thinking ahead. They're always thinking about what comes next. What are we going to do tomorrow? And what are we going to do the week after tomorrow? And what are we going to do the month after tomorrow? And the problem is, is that if all you do is prepare for tomorrow, tomorrow will never be here. Because by the time tomorrow gets here, you're already preparing for tomorrow again. That if we're always thinking about tomorrow and the day after tomorrow and the day after the day after tomorrow, we never appreciate today. Jesus is telling his followers, look, things are always going to need fixed. You're always going to find problems in this world because that's the way this world is. You're always going to find someone in need and you're always going to find someone that has less than you do. You can't fix everything by saving up and hoping that tomorrow will be better. And so we strike a balance. We strike a balance between understanding that if tomorrow comes, then we should be ready, but we should also be happy with what we have today. That we shouldn't put off celebrating something that we could be celebrating now. That if we have somebody that we want to show our appreciation to, it's better to show it to them today that they can remember how much we appreciate them than to keep planning it and planning it and planning it and never showing it. I can only imagine all the things that Mary was thinking about that she had never done for Lazarus. All the things that she wished she had told him, all the things that she thought about in those days when they had laid him in a tomb. And she realized that she had that chance. She had been given a second chance to say all those things and appreciate all those things that she never had a chance to do. So when Jesus came around, she realized, I can't wait. I can't put this off. He's going to come back around, and I don't know if he's going to come back around. But I have this opportunity today. Isaiah tells us that all things are being made new. That we need to let go of the yesterday. And not dwell on the things that have been, but look ahead to the things that are. And with that, it means celebrating the new that we find today. That we are given new hope, that we are given new life each and every day that we're given new reason to celebrate, new reasons to share each other's company. 
Now, it may not mean that we go out and spend a year's wages every time that we want to go and do something nice. But it does mean that if all we do is save up for that future time when we'll be able to show everybody how much we appreciate them, we'll never get there. And it can be as simple as telling somebody that you're thankful that they're in your life. That you're thankful for the things they do and that you are glad that they are with you. That we celebrate the fact that today is a gift from God. That we are here and we are here together and we are here that we may celebrate that we are here together. That we are here together that we may grow together, love together, learn together, help together. Because the thing is that when we celebrate together and celebrate the opportunities that we have, then we are even more thankful when they come around and we are able to give. And we trust that God will take care of us. That we celebrate when we are together, knowing that we are all united that we are united in one body, the body of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that we are all washed clean, washed clean in His blood, that redeems us all, and that we are one in the Spirit, the Spirit that connects us to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We could put off celebrating, but why should we? even when things may seem dark and even when things may not be quite going exactly how we wanted, there is always a reason to celebrate the now. That God will always give us a light in the darkness. That tomorrow and the day after may seem overwhelming with the problems that they bring. But we remember that in this moment, God is there. And if God is there for us in this moment, God will be there for us in every moment. And if God is with us in every moment, then all things are possible because God is with us. I don't know how much time I have, and I don't know how much time you have. But I'm thankful. I am thankful even if it's just for this day that we may be here together. That we may come together. That we may eat of one bread and drink of one cup and be together. That I am thankful that Christ has brought us together in this place that we may share in this love and that we may share in this grace. And I appreciate each and every one of you. We must be willing to celebrate that we are all worthy in God's eyes. That we are all loved in God's eyes. And because of that, we should love one another and consider each other worthy and be thankful. and be able to celebrate those moments that we have together until we are all called home to celebrate at Christ's table. Amen.